Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, friends and fans. Welcome to yet another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast, only on the Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for your purchase code for Amazon Prime Video, it's just four zeros. You should have a stronger code than that. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome home. And if you're Mr. Ed, your real name is Bamboo Harvester. Fun fact that I learned last night while doing a deep dive on the internet. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. And in addition to casting this pod, I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbot software built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. But here on the Legal Toolkit podcast, we provide you with a new tool each episode to add to your own legal toolkit so your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about something that is on everybody's minds right now, which is creating a viable distributed workforce in the modern environment, which is a real treat for everyone. I know. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank all of our sponsors. We would like to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this podcast. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. Abby Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbyconnect.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small www.timesolve.com. All right, thank you, sponsors. Without sponsors, there would be no show, and you wouldn't get to listen to me. Tragic. My guest today is Timothy Bowers, the managing partner of VLP Law Group, based in San Francisco. Tim, thanks for coming on today. Can you tell folks a little bit about yourself and your work? Hi, Jared. It's great to be with you, and thanks for having me. Critical stats first. I'm 43 years old, married for 14 years to a wonderful woman, who also happens to be a practicing attorney. And we are proud parents of an opinionated eight-year-old son who happens to be an outstanding negotiator. Uh, <laughs> on the work front, I came to VLP almost seven years ago from K&L Gates. And my legal practice is pretty traditional Silicon Valley corporate. I represent mm. private technology and life sciences companies from formation to exit, as well as funds that invest in those types of businesses. That's cool. I didn't know we were going to be doing this today, but I feel like we're living parallel lives. I'm going to reveal my age on the podcast as well. 42, married for oh. 13 years to my wife. How weird is that, right? And my son is You're such a young eight. man. You're such a young man. I'm very young. I'm in the prime <laughs> of my life. I, I, I turned 44, by the way, in a month. So I was really oh. excited to get the 43 in. Oh, good. Yeah, let's knock that out right now. I'm doing dumbbell <laughs> curls right now, actually, as I do the show. Um, <laughs> is, there an, is there a version of an eight-year-old that's not opinionated? 
I, I don't think so. I think when you have an eight-year-old, you you always tend to think that yours is the most opinionated. But yeah. then once you get them around their friends, they're all kind of equally so. Right. Let me tell you a quick eight-year-old story about my son. So we, we got him a trip to Disneyland last year for his birthday with a friend of his. My wife and uh, the mom of the other kid went out. And so I got them a limo to go to the airport. And um, my son's like, wow, that's pretty cool. He's like, I actually didn't think he had enough money to pay for that. I'm like, thanks. What do you think I do all day? <laughs> Sit around? <laughs> that was a very uh, nice treat you provided. Thank I'm you, sure. man. I mean, I wish the kid would have would have uh, said the same thing. Jeez. Okay. Let's. I don't think we need this, but I'd like to do an icebreaker question to start out with. So you were an undergrad at Notre Dame. You were there during like the last vestiges of the Lou Holtz era. Yeah. So here's like a semi-related question. You went to Notre Dame, you live in San Francisco, like who's who's the guy, Joe Montana or Tom Brady? Make the choice. It's <laughs> a great question. It's kind of a tough one. Um, <laughs> it is. I'm totally putting you on the spot. I, lo I love it, though. Um, you know, I was born and raised on Long Island. I spent 11 years in Boston before moving to the West Coast. So Brady Mania was absolutely everywhere in Boston. Right. Um, and really, for me, this one comes down to where they played their college football. Um, Brady attended Michigan, as you know, yes. and Joe and I attended Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, ND played Michigan for the first time in November of 1887 and Michigan oh, really? is Notre Dame's wow. biggest rival. Yep. Uh, 1887. Although, I didn't know it went back that far. Wow. Yeah. It went back that far. And actually university of Michigan football players gave Notre Dame the moniker fighting Irish, um, based on those meetings. And so, um, you know, with no no offense at all intended toward your Pats listeners, Montana gets the <laughs> nod. You know, based on his Notre Dame history alone. Um, I actually have That's a really fair. funny. I have a funny aside on this. Actually, yeah, um, hit me. What do you got? All right. So, so before we had our son, my wife and I were vacationing in Hawaii, and Montana bellied up to the resort's pool bar, and I nudged her to let her know that a football grade had taken a seat next to her. And after what I, providing her with what I at least thought were helpful <laughs> hints as to like this person's identity, she guessed Broadway Joe. <laughs> I was like, that's, a, that's a totally different Close. Joe. Wrong totally Joe. Different. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. I do feel like we live parallel lives. Like I was in Hawaii like a few years ago and uh, we were at a luau at the resort and um, I'm like, my God, everyone at this luau is like insanely tall. And I'm not short. I'm about six feet tall and like, I looked over my shoulder and I'm like, oh, it's DeAndre Jordan, the NBA player, and his entire family are here at this luau with oh us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How cool is that? That's yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, Hawaii's great for that, meeting people. But I think we can all agree that like in probably 10 years from now, we'll be talking about debating Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Drew Locke of the Denver Broncos. So. <laughs> Locke is definitely a lock for that debate. Absolutely. Sorry, was, absolutely. No, no well played. That was worth it. <laughs> All right, let's let's make the sponsors happy. Let's drill down into legal, right? Yeah. We're all sitting here, economic downturn, right? I think a lot of people kind of expected that there would be an economic downturn around this time. These things tend to be kind of cyclical. There was a recession like 10 years ago or so, 10 years ago before that. I don't think, however, that anybody predicted exactly how this was going to go down. So as somebody who has been through economic downturns, recessions in the past. What do you think makes this one different? Yeah, this one's really different. Um, yeah. You know, when the pandemic hit, there was nothing fundamentally wrong with the economy. 
Um, that can't be said of the dot-com bubble burst of the early 2000s um, or the housing crash of the mid-2000s. You know, this, yeah. this economic downturn is the direct result, really, of government-imposed measures to contain a health crisis. Um, mm. You know, the pandemic brought things to a grinding halt in record time, almost instantly, uh, really. Yeah. Businesses shutting their doors, you know, hundreds of millions of citizens locked down and um, and tens of millions just unemployed in a matter of a few weeks. So uh, this this is just nothing like this has obviously happened in lifetimes. So it's um, yeah, this is this is unknown, uncharted terrain, certainly for the folks that are that are living in the world today. It's, it's for sure wild. So I think what has been a consequence of this is like and this is what we're here to talk about today, like many firms are like adjusting on the fly and they're trying to create distributed workforces for like the first time. They're reducing office space commitments and usually like when a law firm makes a decision, they want to take like four or five years to make that decision. Right. And they were forced to do this in like a couple weeks, right? So you've run a virtual law firm for a long time now. So for those attorneys who are just like starting to do that, what do you think they need to do to change their mindsets to kind of better manage in the current environment? Yeah. So, I mean, we feel really fortunate at VLP because, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, it didn't change the way in which we work because we've been remote since 2008, as yeah. you alluded to. And, you know, while many firms had some telecommuting capabilities for attorneys prior to the crisis, lawyers new to full-time remote working I think need to take kind of small steps to ease into it. Um, hopefully by now they've taken those steps because right. obviously we've been dealing with this for you know months now. But I, you know, my suggestion is just to maintain a routine similar to what you had when you were working in your traditional office setting. Um, the nice thing that you can lose from that routine, obviously, is the commute. So I think that's kind of helpful to everyone. <laughs> right. And you know that that worked well for me in 2013 when I transitioned to um, to VLP from my brick and mortar firm. Yeah. Um, you know, keeping a traditional routine can bring a sense of somewhat comfortable familiarity to, you know, a new way of working. The other thing that I would suggest is creating a dedicated workspace from wherever you are working. Uh, I know for yep. me that eliminated distractions and helped keep me focused, uh, you know, when I started working this way uh, seven years ago. Right. And so in terms of the pandemic, right, like the added component for a lot of people, and I know you have this going on in your life as well, is like if you got kids, right, like it's a wholly different thing to be working from home and to be working from home with your entire family. <laughs> so how, how have you and your staff dealt with that? Because that's an entirely separate challenge. Yeah, so that is different for sure. So when I said that, you know, the pandemic really hasn't changed the manner in which we're working, that's not entirely true for the reason you mentioned. You know, you have, you have, um, you know, for parents with little ones that have been doing remote learning at home, um, there are, you know, additional steps that were necessary, like cementing shut your door to your office. Um, yeah. Or, or putting out, you know, putting out signs. I know in our house, you know, we had two practicing <laughs> Lawyers working um, without childcare and a, and a, a son in first grade, you know, yeah. trying to learn remotely. We had, you know, signs we would put up like on a call and that worked, you know, I guess like started working four <laughs> weeks in <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those yeah, first yeah. few weeks. It was kind of like, oh, <laughs> look at that. There's a piece of paper on the door. 
great. Yeah. Let me take this down and come in and say, what's up, dad? <laughs> so, so it's definitely, you know, that, that definitely was an added challenge. I think, you know, everyone's been feeling that stress, obviously not just lawyers, but every person in the workforce is feeling that right, right now. Right. I, I think kids have been like remarkably well adjusted given what's happened. Frankly. I think they're doing better than us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think, I think so too. Like, I think so too. Like my we're all freaking like, out. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Go with the flow. And my son was like, quarantine is great. I don't have to go to school. I can hang out and watch Netflix. I don't have to wear <laughs> pants. He's like, I'm living my best life. Um, it, is, it is pretty extraordinary. The screen time has been problematic, no question. I'm sure there'll be uh, consequences yeah. down the road that will right. face his parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to ask you one more pandemic-related question, but I'm going to take a break first, and we're going to sure. do that uh, after the commercial. So let's take that break now. We've reached the end of the first part of our show, and let me draw your attention to some more words from our wonderful sponsors. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things your law firm can have, and Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high-value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both Spanish and English. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com slash LTN. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming back. I've returned from eating an entire bag of Skittles because that's what you do in quarantine. Um, so let's get back to our conversation with Tim Bowers of VLP Law Group. We're talking about what it's like to build and manage a virtual law firm with a distributed workforce. So Tim, can I ask you one more pandemic-related question before we get into other issues? Sure. Um, so hopefully... God willing, this whole thing will be resolved soon. Maybe we get a vaccine. Maybe we reach herd immunity. Maybe we just all inject bath cleaning products into ourselves to solve this problem. Um, so when things are back to normal, and by normal, I mean like people are actually willing and able to associate with each other without wearing personal protective gear, right? What does law practice look like on the other side of this thing? Yeah, I mean, that's really the ultimate question. I think one thing is certain, there'll, there'll be no quick return to business as usual. Mm -hmm. um, the pandemic will have a long tail and traditional firms need to be prepared for what that tail will look like. I anticipate that probably for a very long time, lawyers will have great trepidation about returning to crowded office buildings, mm -hmm. you know, in, in congested urban centers with commutes on public transportation in uncomfortably tight quarters. I don't care how much hand sanitizer and PPE you have. That's scary stuff. Um, <laughs> right. You know, we've seen some tech companies taking a smart approach. You know, they're allowing folks to work remotely for as long as they'd like. And uh, they'll agree to provide those folks with the tools necessary to be successful. I think law firms should extend the same offer, you know, to their employees. Yep. You know, I also anticipate that firms will start dumping expensive commercial real estate, uh, especially if the new normal is increased remote work and a bunch of vacancy in those expensive spaces. Um, you yeah, know, it's I no, think so too. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's no secret that traditional law firm overhead is really bloated and real estate accounts for a substantial portion of that bloat. So, I mean, I, I think I think this is going to be with us for a really long time. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yes, uh, it's really interesting. Like, I, I mean, personally, like I did not really enjoy commuting before any of this happened. That's, that's surprising. <laughs> Most people really love it. I know it's true, right? But I was—I'm yeah. I'm, I'm the dude who's got like—I've um, got hand sanitizer with me wherever I go. Like prior to this, people are like, "Do you have enough rubbing alcohol?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm always fully stocked on rubbing alcohol." So you saw this coming, Jared? Is what no, you're no, I'm just like Howard. I'm just like Howard Hughes, basically, um, <laughs> or Stern, or a Mandel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Any all of those the house. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's leave the pandemic discussion behind because I know there's a lot of fatigue about that. So in a distributed workforce model like yours, where employees are working across the country, potentially across the world, actually, right? I think a concern lawyers have is like, how would they get to know each other? Like, there's no water cooler. There's no shared luncheon area, right? Like, how do you get to know each other when you only work online? Yeah, so uh, it's a great question. We actually do have a water cooler VLP. Um, oh. It's a virtual water cooler. It's an email distribution <laughs> list where people post random stuff and interact. So it's kind of fun. So we tried to do that to replicate the water cooler. But making culture a top priority from the beginning is important for any law firm to be successful. But, you know, in particular, a business like ours without any centralized physical office space. When Craig Johnson founded our firm in 2008, you know, he was very deliberate about developing a strong firm culture. Um, so in line with that, you know, since day one, we've had a dedicated virtual culture committee, we call it, or VCC. And it's comprised of the most creative people in our, in our organization uh, who brainstorm and implement ideas on how best to enhance remote connections. And so, um, you know, some of the things we do, we have well-attended uh bi-weekly firm-wide video conferences. We have virtual happy hours, but we also do some of the more traditional things that all law firms do, like in-person annual retreats, uh, local events like summer outings and holiday dinners. Um, and then on more of the remote stuff, you know, the BCC will send out surprise packages of goodies from time to time to our lawyers. And the oh, latest pack, like. it's really great. And so the latest surprise came actually just last week to my house and was a package of, you know, artisanal Vermont pancake mix and maple syrup. And so, Dang. you know, That's it's pretty it's, sweet. It's, it's happy. For, it's happiness for the whole family. Um, <laughs> and so, and, and, but one, one last thing on, on, on the pandemic, it's actually our, our folks are super creative because they've been in this model for a long time. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, one of my trademark partners actually rolled out an extremely popular weekly Friday event called the VLP Friday time waster. And so um, the first edition required naming three scenes from television shows or films that made you laugh until you cried the first time you saw them. Um, <laughs> and so that was super fun. And participation on that was nearly 100%. The responses were great insight into the tastes of my colleagues. Um, and they, du <laughs> they they really doubled as great recommendations for shelter-in-place binge-watching. So oh, that's was, pretty um, cool. It was, yeah. it was it was pretty awesome, and now we're almost three months in, and you know this this Friday event is still wildly popular and anxiously anticipated, and you know I'm hoping the fun continues after uh, well after COVID. <laughs> All right, you got a scene for me. W which was one of your three? So you know what, like I did. So I don't even think I answered it. I think I was just like, oh no, you were I, the one percent. 
it was, yeah. So that was the thing. It was, you know, almost a hundred percent. And I think I was one of the ones that didn't answer. It was literally because by the time uh, the end of the day arrived, when I was ready to sort of dig in and think about it, all of my potential answers uh, had been taken. So, ah, well, <laughs> listen, next time you hit me up, I'll get obscure for you. I'll find you uh, some stuff. That, that would be great. I would, I would, I would much appreciate that. <laughs> I'm on it. Now, Follow-up question to this is like, you, you, there are people out there who like really crave traditional social interaction, right? Like being in an office space with people physically. Like mm -hmm. lawyers love to manage like butts and seats, right? And yep. I think still a lot yep. of lawyers like to work in that environment. So if you're somebody like that, can a virtual model work for you? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um you know, I'm about as social an animal as one can be, and I've always loved it here. Uh, I wish I could have joined sooner. My social interactions are, you, you know, they're less physical and in person than they were in big law, yep. but they're really no less meaningful. And I, I think especially now during this pandemic, you know, we keep coming back to pandemic because really, I mean, that's that's on everyone's mind. Everybody's right talking now. about it. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. And I think, um, you know, folks are learning to use the tools that were given, you know, through technology to be able to create those meaningful interactions, even if they happen not to be, you know, face to face touch interactions in an office environment. So I never really had a problem with it. I mean, I felt like when I was in, when I was in big law, you know, a lot of those conversations would occur, you know, at nine 30 at night and someone would be coming into my office to talk about, Right. You know, a family related issue or something. And I was just like trying to get out of there. And I yeah. appreciated my colleagues and everything. But I just feel like this is a much it's, it's just a much more efficient way to practice. And again, you can get those uh, get those connections uh, when and if you need them. Yeah, totally get it. OK, so as a virtual practice, right, I know a lot of attorneys who are getting more and more virtual, although they're not establishing like fully virtual practices per se. What do you think are the distinguishing characteristics of a successful virtual law firm, aside from providing pancake mix, which is delightful? <laughs> so, so second most important to pancake second mix, most, I would yes. say. All right, I think technology. <laughs> technology is definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely critical. You know, having having appropriate technology, you know, can help foster and maintain a strong regular communication among you know members of the team, management despite folks being in different locations. Um, and it also facilitates collaboration and minimizes chances of work stoppages. So right. um, we end up, we end up spending a bunch of money on technology. Um, we're currently doing like a large um, software purchase to help with our practice management and accounting systems. Um, mm -hmm. It's just critical. And uh, you know, we also require our folks to have state of the art computers and a backup computer and enterprise quality printers and scanners and, you know, polycom phones dedicated for work use only. Mm -hmm. And finally, you know, we have a dedicated and highly responsive tech support team to assist with all technology related issues. I think, you know, all law firms have that type of stuff, including, you know, as far as IT support, brick and mortar right. firms all have that, obviously. And, yeah. um, you know, folks have the ability to work remotely at most law firms. But really, since this is the backbone of, you know, our model technology infrastructure is more important to us, certainly than, you know, many of those other uh, brick and mortar operations. Got it. All right. Well, let's stop this part of the discussion here. We'll take our second break. 
listen to some more words from our sponsors and come back for the next and last segment. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv, leave off the e.com. Remember, that's timesolv.com. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect, the friendly, highly trained and motivated live receptionists who are well known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours. Every connection matters. So call Abby Connect today at 833-ABBY-WOW to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. All right, everybody, thanks for sticking with us. I never left. Can you believe we're two-thirds of the way through the show already? So let's continue with Tim Bowers of VLP Law Group, who's been telling us what it means to manage the distributed workforce in the law firm environment. So let's find out more. All right, so we talked about the pandemic plenty. We talked about how to build and manage a virtual law firm. Let's talk about the people who work there a little bit more. So what attracts someone, be it an associate or a partner, to a virtual law firm model versus a traditional brick and mortar practice, which I suspect most people coming out of law school, at least up until now, were expecting to practice in that environment versus this one? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think what mainly attracts senior associates to, to our firm, and we call them counsel of the LP, we don't, we don't hire um, any junior lawyers at our firm. Gotcha. Uh, we let we let big law train them up uh, so that they're mature enough to be able to work <laughs> in a remote working environment when they join us. Um, but I think, you know, the attractiveness. That's clever. Us, I like that. Totally. We, we think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, our counsel um, are attracted to us, I think, for three you know primary reasons. Uh, first, we have no minimum billable hour requirements. So that's a lot different than traditional brick and mortar where they're, you know, slightly. Yes. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, folks want them to crank out, you know, 2,000, 2,400 hours a year. We don't have that. Um, second, you know, they can work on the same types of sophisticated transactions across from the best law firms in the world, just like when they were working at the, you know, the Amlaw 100 firms from which we recruit. Mm -hmm. uh, the quality of the work here is spectacular and um, the quality of the lawyers here is spectacular. So that's attracted to them, too, because you wouldn't think maybe that a firm of our size working in the model in which we work has the type of quality work we have. So we're fortunate for that. And number three, they have that incredible flexibility of working from wherever they want, provided that they're barred in the state in which they're practicing. We require right. that, of course. And then for partners, you know, candidly, our overhead is such that they make much more money here than they would in big law. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, comp talks, you know, and um, so I think, Folks here, partners here are very well compensated. And at VLP, they also happen to be able to call some of the most talented lawyers, at least I've ever practiced with, uh, their colleagues. So um, it's good. I it's just want to know, like, place. how many hours do you have to build to get on the uh, Pancake Mix package? Like, 
100, 200. Even, even, even for that, there's no minimum billable Man. requirement. However, deal. if you're billing like less than a hundred, maybe we'd have to talk and not send you a package. Of course, <laughs> we don't have that issue. <laughs> so let, let's extend that conversation of partnership comp because that's interesting. How does partnership compensation work? in a virtual law firm with a distributed workforce model? Because I don't think many people are familiar enough with that model to know the answer to that follow-up question. Yes, yeah, so um, we're really formulaic here with respect to partner comp. We're basically eat what you kill. And so that means we don't have a comp committee, so there's no political positioning or bickering at the end of the year. And those are the types of things that have brought down you know, many law firms those types of arguments uh, at the management level. We have no um, capital contribution to the firm, so you don't need to buy into the partnership when you join. But again, you don't, you know, it's eat what you kill. You don't get paid unless your clients pay. So really folks here are incentivized to take on really good clients that are low credit risks, because if they take on folks that aren't, uh, that are high credit risks, they won't get compensated um, as partners. Um, as part of the what you kill, um, the firm takes a small percentage as a management fee to keep the lights on. The lights here aren't very expensive to keep on because there aren't many of them right. uh, because we are virtual. But, you know, we do have um, we're like a law firm really in every other way other than the fact that we work remotely. So we have we, we pay a, a general counsel. We have a head of HR. We pay an IT department. We pay an accounting staff um, so that percentage, uh, that management fee uh, goes to uh, to those things. Makes sense. All right. So, I mean, in general, I'd like to think that a virtual law practice environment will work for literally any lawyer. But in your experience, has that been true? Are there people or are there practice areas that just don't work out in a model like this? Yeah. So I would say that our one trepidation was about adding a litigation practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, how would we create war rooms and conduct depositions without physical conference spaces? And, uh, as it turns out, technology fixed that. And we hired our first litigator last year and he's thriving in our model. So to directly answer your question, Jared, I believe that a virtual law firm model can work for any lawyer in any practice area. And we continue to try to prove that out at VLP. Beautiful. Full stop. Let's end it right there. That's a great place to stop. So sadly, however, we've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. This was the one where we talked about how to manage a virtual law firm with a distributed workforce model. And we've been chatting with Tim Bowers of VLP Law Group. Now, I will be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, or what's left of it, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Tim Bowers of VLP Law Group for making an appearance as my guest today. Uh, Tim, can you tell everyone out there how they can find out more about you and VLP? Sure. Yeah, you can visit us at VLPLawGroup.com. Or if you want to learn more, you can email me directly, tbowers at VLPLawGroup.com. Uh-oh, he gave out your email address. All right, everybody, email this man. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Tim, thanks again. This was fun. Thanks a lot, Jared. 
All right, so that was my guest, Tim Bowers of VLP Law Group, for coming on as my guest today. Uh, Thank you, Tim. And finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where the briefcase always contains Marcellus Wallace's soul. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.